0: of Christmas, if I could sum it up, simply would be from God is, I'm with you. God moved into humanity and forever bound the two. You've probably heard me say that. It is the central uh, uh, theme of my life as a Christian is to understand that, that when Jesus died on the cross, he died in bodily form. When he rose again, he rose in bodily form. When he ascended into heaven, he ascended in bodily form. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father in flesh, still 100% Son of God, still 100% deity, but he sits in human flesh. The incarnation was not just this momentary thing. It was God forever binding the two together. Jesus understands everything about us. The Bible talks about he was fully put to the test. He was tempted in every way as we are. Jesus completely gets it. So when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're frustrated, when we're whatever feeling that we're having, when we're tempted, Jesus can intercede to the Father for us because he gets it. He gets us. Jesus wasn't there. uh, I want to talk about this at some point. I don't have enough time today, but there's so much that if we could really understand that it would change the way we think about everything. Jesus wasn't like partially. You know, we see these pictures sometimes of hippie Jesus, and and that's okay, right? That's that, that's okay to a point because if you go to China, you're going to see pictures of giant uh, of Jesus looking like a Chinese person, and if you go to some churches in like Kenya or uh, uh, Nigeria, things like that, you're going to see pictures of Jesus painted like a Nigerian or a Kenyan because he's incarnational. The whole point is that he gets it completely. He wasn't like half human. The Bible tells us that he was. Fully divine and fully human. He felt everything you feel. Except Walmart frustration. (laughs) We've talked about that. We're working on that as a people. But he gets it. He gets all of it. And so because he gets it, there are at least three things I do, I think we do with that. Because Jesus fully gets it, and he fully understands. I think there's at least three things that we take away from that. I've already mentioned them. The first is that we understand that we're not alone because Emmanuel means God is with us. We understand that we're not alone. So often in life, we feel alone. We feel like nobody gets it. It's one of the devil's greatest tactics is to make you feel alone and like nobody's going to understand this one. I tell people all the time, the enemy can only use what you keep in the dark. But so often we feel alone, like nobody understands. The incarnation, however, tells us a completely different story. It tells us that we are not alone because God says, I am with you. And he took on human flesh to prove that he is with us. He then gives us his spirit to dwell inside of us to prove that he is gets us when we feel weak, tired, sad, whatever else it can be, we can remember that Emmanuel, God, is with us. That he went the full distance to prove that he's with us. That he looked across time, space, the cosmos, and he looked at you and said, I want you. I want you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want you to be in relationship with me. I want you to know that you're not alone, that I'm with you, that I didn't just create you and walk away to go do something else. He's not an absent father. He's with you. The incarnation proves that. So when we have doubts and fears, like, again, like, nobody understands, nobody cares, nobody's with me, we remember, no, Emmanuel, God is with me. The incarnation, it it tells us, uh, Isaiah, I don't have a slide for this one, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men, a, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from, he was despised, and we didn't value him. We talk about that at Easter, but the reason we talk about it as Easter is because Jesus took human flesh in the first place. We talk about it because he was acquainted with these things. He knew what sickness was. He knew what it was to feel pain. He experienced it. And when we understand that, then there's nothing that is too difficult for us. Nothing that is too hard for us to walk through because we go back to this one central idea. Emmanuel, God is with me. We we stake it in the ground. And I'm telling you, it does not matter. And I know this because God has put me to the test over and over again, especially as I prepared this message, over and over again, I feel temptation towards things. I feel frustration towards things. I feel f- spiritual warfare. I feel all these things. And then I also f- I feel all these things coming at me. And then I also feel like God saying, what did we say? Emmanuel, you're with me. So whether I succeed in, in my battles, whether I fail in them, I can go back to Emmanuel, God is with me. I am not alone. And that's what we all need to do. No matter what is going on, we do like Moses did, right? Exodus 17, 15, and Moses built an altar and named it the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. He builds an altar and he names it the Lord is my banner. We built an altar and say, Emmanuel, God is with me. It is our banner, it is our war cry that no matter what else is going on in the world, we can go back to that, Emmanuel, God is with me. Success, Emmanuel is God, God is with me, it's great. Trials and temptations, Emmanuel, God is with me. Whether you're standing or you're on your knees, we can go back to that one thing, so no matter what, God is with me, I'm not alone. Loneliness is an epidemic in our country. I, I, the, the, there's something about the rise of social media that makes us feel more lonely somehow. We have these false connections. 61% of people, when they did this study, say they sometimes feel lonely. Men generally feel more lonely than women. 79% of Gen Z reports feeling lonely regularly. 71% of millennials say that they feel lonely regularly. People feel lonely. And the message from God, you are not alone. I am with you. Second thing Emmanuel means, Christmas means, is that God is committed to us. We get to know that we're wanted. When we remember the incarnation, we remember God taking on human flesh, we learn that not only does God say you're not alone, that I'm with you, but I want you. These are two very different statements. And God makes both of them in Jesus. Maybe you've been left out by others, unwanted, treated unfairly by family members, whatever it might be. The message from God is, I want you. Now I'm going to get just a little personal for just a moment. I, uh, I, growing up, I didn't know my father. Took off before I was born. My mom was a teenage mother. He took off. Later on, I found that like a year after he took off and said I wasn't good enough, he started a new family. Later on, I found out he left them too. That helped me a little bit. I was like, OK, maybe I'm not the problem here. But growing up, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have a relationship with my father. And it, it built this feeling in me of, why am I not wanted? Why don't you want me? Like, I didn't even do anything. So for years, this feeling grows and grows and grows. Why don't you want me? I started to carry that into every other relationship I had. At some point, they're not going to want me either. It didn't matter what was going on, how good it was, how bad it at some point, they're not going to want me either, because that's how it goes. I'm unwanted. There's a feeling, and I was telling, it was a, it was a mixed emotion feeling the other night. I uh, had this memory of being probably about five or so and sitting next to my mom on the couch and realizing as a five-year-old boy that I was a mistake, right? Like that. And then I asked my mom, and she did her best. She was like, no, unexpected, but not a mistake. And so that was awesome. But that feeling, I'm unwanted. The incarnation comes in, and the message gets completely flipped around, and God says, I want you. So no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of experiences you've had, the incarnation is the message from God saying, I want you. I desire you. Zephaniah 3:17 says, "The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves you, He will rejoice over you with gladness, He will quiet you in his love, He will delight in you with singing. He does this because He wants you. That is the message of the Incarnation. God's saying, "I want you. I don't care about the things." All the things that you think you can't come to me with, all the things that you think makes you disqualified, all the things that you think and the things that you've done, I don't care about it, I want you, we'll deal with that later. That's who he is as a father. That's the message of the incarnation. I want you. We are wanted by the father, and he proves his commitment to us. The third thing Christmas and Emmanuel means is that God is our example. The Incarnation tells us that we are to be like the God who goes and seeks. The Incarnation is not a passive event. When we really understand what it is, we understand that the Incarnation, Emmanuel, God coming to earth in flesh, was a full-scale attack on hell. That's what it was. And God is so confident in his victory that he shows up as a baby. Like that's how confident he is. I win. That I am taking back what's mine. I see what the enemy has been doing. And I will go in. I will bind the strong man. And I will take back what's mine. I win. And then he says in 1 John 2, verse 6, But if you say that you're mine, you'll walk like I walked. God says, I'm going to go. I'm going to seek. I'm going to take back what's mine. And then when I take back what's mine, I'm going to say, here, my people, now go and do the same thing. So we, we don't ask WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's a great start. If that's where you're at, that's fine. But as we mature, we move on to DWJD, do what Jesus did. We go out and we put feet to the gospel. We go out and we do the things that Jesus did. We go out and we reach out to those that he reached out to. We offend those that he offends, if that's what's needed. Because we're concerned with letting people know that they are loved, they are not alone, and they are wanted. Once we start to settle those things, we can share that with others. And we can do it because Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to empower us to do the things that he's called to do. A couple of minutes ago, we mentioned Loneliness is an epidemic in our country. 61% of people often say that they're alone, which means more than half the time, people you run into are probably feeling pretty lonely. That men are generally feeling more lonely than women. So if you are a man who's not feeling lonely and is is content in who you are and your masculinity and who you are, find another man and pour into him. Gen Z, 79% of the time feels lonely. No caps. I know two words. Seventy-one percent of millennials feel lonely. As, a, as, a, as like I'm on the cusp there. I'm Gen Z, uh, Gen X. A lot of Gen X, Boomers, we like to make fun of millennials. They're lonely people who are isolated so often of the time. People feel lonely, and the message from God is, "You are not alone, and I want you." So then as people who trust him and people who believe that message we go and do what Jesus did we follow the example of our father the call is to be both the hands and the feet of Jesus the body is to be an active body we don't just say it we do it the, the purpose of church, the purpose of this morning, the purpose of every Sunday morning, if you're in students, the purpose of when you get together on Wednesday nights, the purpose of all of that is to equip us for ministry so that we can go out and do it. Because we are incarnational people. We see I am wanted, I'm accepted, God loves me, He forgives me, He's called me to Himself, and now He sends me out into the world to go do the same thing. So when you go into the grocery store, you're going in uh, incarnationally. You're going in not to buy groceries, but to say, Jesus, who needs to know that they're loved and wanted today? Some days that's you. I get it. That's totally fine. Like there are days I wake up and I had a day last week or whatever it was where I was like, Jesus, just I felt like Jesus was saying, could you just sit down and shut up today? I said, Yes, sir. Not easy to do for me. But I needed to be reminded that I'm loved. I'm one before I can go back out and tell anybody else. Emmanuel is both the promise of God to be with us and our cry back to God. So that when we're confused or we're lost, we say, Emmanuel, God is with me. When we we encounter brokenness and sin, we say, Emmanuel, God is with me. When we see family members that that don't know Jesus, we say, Emmanuel, God be with us. Emmanuel is our, is our stake in the ground that God is with us and our battle cry that we go forward with. And people say, where do you get off loving the way you do? Emmanuel, God is with me. When people say, how can you forgive people so easily? Emmanuel, God is with me. The whole message is summed up in that. Emmanuel, God is with us. Because Jesus is the fullness of God in bodily form, and every one of his promises is yes and amen in Jesus. Everything you need is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Every single thing. And I know if you've been to church a thousand times, you've probably heard that and go, yeah, well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about about maybe it's true? What about instead of always saying, what about, what if you say, what if it's actually true? What if it's real that Jesus is everything I need? I can't explain it. I can't put perfect words to it. But the day that I said, Jesus, if you're real and you want me, you can have me, the day that every single thing changed because all of a sudden I knew I was wanted I knew that I was not alone and I knew that I was loved and my encouragement to you is today if you don't know that then please I beg of you say Jesus if you're real you can have me and if you know him say Jesus I know that you're real take more of me O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. If you came on Thursday night, I'd mention, I love that song. I love this song because it's, it's the cry of our heart as Christians saying, Jesus, come. Please, Jesus, come. Fix it. Let them know that they're okay. Let them know that they're loved. Let them know that you care. I want us to have a moment of response. And um, if, if you're on the prayer team, you can come up or go back this morning, whatever way it works for wherever you're supposed to be. But I just, I ask Karen to just play for just a moment. We're not going to sing. We're just going to just just listen to hear what God says. And again, if if you know Him, ask for more of Him. And if you don't, make this your moment to say maybe it's true and take that step of faith. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the incarnation. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your dedication to us. I thank you that you go the full distance, Jesus. That you went distance to save us. Jesus, for those who don't know you yet, we pray that you open their hearts. Let them confess that you're Lord. And for us who call you Lord and Savior, help us walk that out. We give you praise, we give you